Chapter Sixteen of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Third and Fourth Days of the Trial. Mr. Knowlton called Bridget Sullivan to the stand, and she continued her testimony. Mrs. Borden came downstairs Wednesday morning, saying she and Mr. Borden had been sick that night. They looked pretty sick. Lizzie said she had been sick all night, too. I came down to start the fire. Miss Lizzie had been ironing eight or nine minutes when I went upstairs. There used to be a horse kept in the barn. Since the horse was kept there, I have seen Lizzie go to the barn. Miss Lizzie spoke about her mother going out and said her mother had received a note that morning. Mr. Knowlton, did Lizzie say anything about hearing her mother groan? Bridget, she said she heard her father groan. Mr. Knowlton, did you at any time that day see Lizzie crying? Bridget, no, not in all the day. Mr. Adams conducted the cross-examination and commenced by politely asking the witness if she would be seated. She declined a chair and questions commenced rapidly. The counsel inquired her to review the history of her life and then commenced questioning her regarding her movements on the fatal day. She said, quote, I always carry a night key and lock the doors as I pass in and out. The night before the murders I was out, but came home alone. Never had a man call on me at that house. When someone came, it was not a Fall River man. Was out in the yard Wednesday morning, and Lizzie told me she had been sick. That day had pork steak, johnny cakes, and coffee for breakfast. Had soup and mutton for dinner. Soup, bread, cake, and tea for supper. Tuesday night, when they were taken sick, we had swordfish warmed over for dinner. Had baker's bread, too. Got the bread myself. Went of my own notion to get the bread, and when I got back, Mrs. Borden gave me five cents. I didn't eat any of that bread. I was taken sick that night. Didn't see Lizzie Wednesday after breakfast. They were all sick. Wednesday morning, I went downstairs after coal and kindlings then opened the blinds in the dining-room. I never rang a bell for breakfast. They all got up without calling. Didn't have anything particular to do in the dining-room till after breakfast. Mrs. Borden came downstairs and told me Mr. Morse was in the house. I asked her if he slept in the attic, and she said no in the spare chamber. That Thursday morning, Mr. Borden had brought in a basket of pears from the tree. He had brought in some a day or two before. They got rotten, and he had dumped them under the barn. The only rooms I had been in Thursday morning up to breakfast time were the kitchen and dining room. Mrs. Borden often asked after breakfast what I had to do that day. The ice chest was in the closet opening from the entry. We went upstairs out of that entryway. Never saw any clothes but my own on the nails in the entry. There was a shawl sometimes hanging there. It belonged to the house. Didn't see a felt hat that morning. In the closet were kept the bonnets and shawl of Mrs. Borden that she would come and get and go out with any time. Sure I didn't go into any room except the dining room and kitchen the day of the murder. Think it was before nine o'clock when Mrs. Borden said, What have you got to do today, Maggie? She told me that I had better wash the windows outside and in. Lizzie took her breakfast in the kitchen. She took coffee, I'm sure of that. Lizzie was in the dining room, I think when her mother asked me what I had to do. Lizzie said, coming out into the kitchen, that she was going to have a cookie and coffee for breakfast. 
she sat down by the kitchen table there were old magazines in the closet had seen lizzie sit down in the kitchen sometimes and read the old magazines when i went out into the back yard she was eating her breakfast didn't mean to say the first time i saw lizzie was when i saw her at the screen door first saw her coming out of the dining-room door to the kitchen when i was at the sink it was about an hour after she came down that she came to the screen door during that hour i was washing up the dishes i was out in the yard when she was at her breakfast i felt sick that morning getting up i drank some of the milk but i didn't eat any of the bread i don't know whether they drank milk before being taken sick or not i had eaten some mutton soup and some of my own bread before being taken sick i had not eaten any of the pears for i'm no great lover of them i came back in again and lizzie had had her breakfast i went to work washing windows i didn't know where lizzie was then but she wasn't in the kitchen mr morse went away while i was washing the dishes but i don't know whether this was before or after lizzie had had her breakfast when i was taken sick to my stomach and came back mr morse had gone out i went downstairs into the laundry got a pail and brush and then went out into the barn to get a handle for the brush i got it in one of the stalls as i went out i spoke to lizzie at one of the screen doors lizzie asked me if i was going to wash the windows and i said yes she followed me into the entry didn't say yesterday that i came back from the barn and then spoke to lizzie at the screen door when i told her she needn't fasten the screen door she didn't do it must have got six or seven pails of water from the barn to wash the windows the dipper i went in and got was an ordinary tin dipper got it in the kitchen mr borden was in the habit of going out the back door but i didn't see him didn't see mr borden go out before i washed the windows raised the sitting-room windows to wash them from the inside the window nearest the hall was open when i heard mr borden at the front door can't say if he rang bell made a coal fire that morning didn't finish the dishes in the house they always put the ironing-board on the dining-room table washed monday hanging out the clothes tuesday and ironed wednesday finished ironing that evening then i laid the clothes ironed out in piles and mrs borden and the girls took them upstairs i mean lizzie took hers up instead of the girls took them up they took the piles of clothes up thursday morning i separated the clothes before breakfast the little ironing-board was not quite as big as a large board sometimes in hot weather the girls ironed in the kitchen but usually it was in the dining-room can't say if lizzie was in the dining-room when i came in for the dipper the court then adjourned until next morning when the hearing was resumed mrs adelaide b churchill a neighbour and friend of the bordens was called to the witness-stand as soon as judge blaisdell announced that he was ready she said the first that i knew about the tragedy was when i saw bridget sullivan going to dr bowen's house i was on second street coming from the city hall she was going in the direction of dr bowen's house and appeared frightened i went to my house into the kitchen the back door of my house is opposite the back door of the dining-room i looked out to the borden house and saw lizzie borden standing inside the screen door she looked distressed she had her hand to her head i asked her what was the matter she said somebody has killed father come over i went over and went inside the house lizzie was sitting on the second stair inside the screen door the stairway is at the right as you come in i put my hand on her arm and said oh lizzie where is your father she said in the sitting-room i said where were you 
She said, I went out to the barn to get a piece of iron. I heard a distressing noise and came back and found the screen door open. I asked Lizzie where her mother was. She said she had a note inviting her to go visit someone who was sick. She didn't know, but she was killed too, and wished we'd try and find her, for she thought she had heard her come in. She said, Father must have an enemy, for we have all been sick. She thought they must have been poisoned. Then she said she must have a doctor. I said I would get one and went to find somebody. There was no one in the sitting room, I thought. I saw no one else in the house or coming to it. I went down Second Street to Hall Stable to get a young man I thought I could find there. I went back again, and in a few moments Dr. Bowen came. Lizzie told him to go into the sitting room. We went, Bridget, Lizzie, and I, to the dining room door. Pretty soon Dr. Bowen came out and asked for a sheet. Bridget did not want to go upstairs alone, so I went up with her. Bridget got the sheets and gave one to Dr. Bowen. I think Dr. Bowen went out then. Soon after Miss Russell came in, Lizzie said she wished somebody would hunt for her mother. Bridget would not go up alone, and I went with her. I went up the stairs and saw on the far or north side of the bed the prostrate form. I didn't go any further. I was halfway up the stairs, and my eyes were about on a level with the floor. I went right down. Miss Russell asked if I had made the noise, and asked me if I had found another. Dr. Bowen was not there then. A gentleman named Allen came in next, and then Charles Sawyer. I saw Mr. Borden in the yard about nine o'clock before he went down street. He stood by the screen door. Afterwards saw him headed down street. In the cross-examination concluded by Mr. Jennings, the witness said she saw one of the windows open. It was opposite the screen door. Miss Alice C. Russell was then called. She said she lived on Borden Street, three hundred yards from the Borden house, and had known Lizzie eleven years. She thought it was about eleven-thirty. Bridget Sullivan told her of the affair, and she went right over. Lizzie was there in the door. Did you say anything to Lizzie, or she to you? I don't remember. Was Dr. Bowen there? I didn't see him. Did you go in and see the bodies? No, sir. Do you remember how Lizzie was dressed? No, I don't. Do you remember anything about it? Nothing very connected. Do you remember talking to Miss Lizzie after that? Yes, but I don't remember what was said. I remember she said she was out in the barn getting a piece of tin or iron with which to fit the screens. Do you recall when that was that she said that? I think it was upstairs. Were there many people there, and did you remain there, Miss Russell? There were people downstairs. I stayed four nights at the house. Mr. Knowlton, have you often visited the house, Miss Russell? Yes, have stayed there nights, have been the guest of the girls. Made my quarters in the guest chamber with the girls. Went there as often as I had reason to go, sometimes twice or three times a week. Was there a bed in that chamber? Yes, sir. Mr. Jennings, when you went in, where did you say Lizzie was? She was standing at the screen door and asked me to sit down in the chair in the kitchen. Saw no blood on her dress. Saw her hands. Rubbed them. There was no blood on them. Rubbed her cheek. There was no blood on them or her hair. Her hair, I think, was done up as usual. Her clothes had no blood on them. Don't know if she had on the same shoes I have seen her wear before. Was she fainting from exertion? No, she wasn't fainting. Do you remember if Lizzie went upstairs before the officers did? No, she did not. How do you know? Because I remember they were all down talking to her. 
Do you know if an officer went upstairs? They went upstairs. I don't know if I went with them. I can't connect it with them, if I went too. I remember being upstairs. Did they go into Miss Lizzie's room before she went up? Yes, they tried to open Miss Lizzie's door, and it was locked. They had to break it in and pull the hook out. I told them to let me look in first. I went in, and they came in after I looked around. Do not know who the officers were. Did not know Officer Doherty by sight. Know him now. I was in the parlour with them downstairs. Do recollect now one of the officers. It was Assistant Marshal Fleet. Did the officers go up to Miss Lizzie's room when she was there? Yes, they went up then and afterwards. It seems to me they were coming all day. They asked her questions, and she answered them freely. Miss Lucy Collette said that she was at Dr. Chagnon's house on August the 4th. She went there at ten minutes before eleven in answer to a telephone message from a clerk at Dr. Chagnon's. She was to take any telephone message, for Dr. Chagnon's family were away. All the doors were locked, and so the witness sat on the piazza in front of the house. She was there up to twelve o'clock and saw nobody either in the yard or passed through. She could see the whole yard, and there was nobody there during the time she sat on the piazza. The calling of the next witness, in the judgment of many of the spectators in court, produced evidence of uneasiness on the part of Lizzie Borden. He was Eli Bentz, the drug clerk. He said he remembered the day of the tragedy and knew the defendant. She was in his store the day before the tragedy between ten and eleven thirty o'clock. She asked me for ten cents worth of prussic acid. I told her we didn't sell it without a doctor's prescription. She said she wanted it to use on a sealskin cape, and I again told her we couldn't sell it without a prescription, and she said she had bought it before. Then she went out. Is the defendant the person who tried to purchase that poison? She is, was the answer. Who was there? Mr. Hart and Mr. Kilroy, the clerks. This was all that Mr. Bentz was required to tell by Mr. Knowlton, but Mr. Adams cross-examined him at great length. His testimony was not shaken. Frederick E. Hart, who worked for Smith the druggist, said he saw Miss Borden between 10 and 10.30 Wednesday morning. A woman came in and said she wanted 10 cents worth of prussic acid to put around the edges of a sealskin sack or cape. She did not speak to me, though she was very close to me. Is the defendant a woman? Yes, sir. Frank H. Kilroy was in Smith's drugstore at the time. He said, I saw this lady come in. She went to the counter and asked for prussic acid. Mr. Bent said, I can't sell prussic acid without a prescription. The only other thing I heard was the woman use the words sealskin cape. She left the store then. That was all I heard. Mr. Knowlton, are you sure this is the woman? Yes, sir. Assistant Marshal John Fleet testified as follows. I was home when the news came from the Marshal, who had sent word to me by a man in a team. I drove down to the Borden house and arrived about ten minutes of twelve. I saw Officer Allen and Mr. Manning at the front door. Mr. Sawyer was at the rear door. Inside I found Bridget, Mr. Morse, Dr. Dolan, Dr. Bowen, and Miss Lizzie. I went into the sitting-room and saw Dr. Dolan standing over Mr. Borden. Then I went upstairs and saw Mrs. Borden. Soon after I went into Miss Lizzie's room and had a conversation with her. She was sitting in the room with Reverend Mr. Buck. 
I asked her if she knew anything about the man who killed her father and mother. She said it was not her mother, but her stepmother. Her mother was dead. I asked her if she had seen anyone around the premises, and she said she had not. Then she said she heard a man talking to her father at nine or half-past nine, and she thought they were talking about some store. I asked her if this man would do her father any injury, and she said no. I asked her if she knew this man, and she said no. She said she did not know that anyone had threatened her father or would do him harm. At this point, Miss Russell said, Lizzie, tell him all about that man. Then Lizzie said that two weeks ago a man had come to the front door and had held a long conversation with her father. The man seemed to be angry and was talking about a store he wanted her father to let. She said she heard Mr. Borden say he wouldn't let it for that purpose. She said she thought the man was a stranger in Fall River. I asked her if Bridget was in the house during the morning, and she said she had been washing windows and came in after her father came and then went upstairs. She said she didn't think Bridget had anything to do with it. Lizzie said that when Bridget went upstairs, she went up in the barn. Up in the barn? I said, and she said, yes. What do you mean by up? I asked. Upstairs, she said. I asked her how long she remained in the barn, and she said half an hour. She said her father was lying upon a lounge in the sitting-room when she went out, and when she came back she found him all cut up, lying in the same position as she had left him. She also said John V. Morse had been there, and I asked her if Mr. Morse had anything to do with it. She said it was impossible, for he went away at nine o'clock in the morning and didn't come back. She didn't tell me what she was doing in the yard. Reverend Mr. Buck and Miss Russell were present during the conversation. I then started to search all the rooms I could go into. What did you find down in the cellar? Found Mr. Mullally with a number of axes on the floor of the washroom. We reached the cellar and found nothing other than the two axes and two hatchets. The two axes were dusty or covered with ashes, and so was the little hatchet. The large hatchet was clean with the exception of a small rust spot. It was about four inches long from the head to the edge six inches, and it had a claw handle. I tried the cellar door and then went out to the barn. I satisfied myself there was nobody there to do this deed. Then I went into the house again and consulted with two of my officers and State Officer Dexter. I made another search and saw Lizzie again in the presence of two officers. Dr. Bowen was holding the door. I told him I wanted to search the room. He said something to her. He went in. He came out and asked me if I must search the room. I said I must examine the room to make my report. He let me in then. When I got in, Miss Borden said, How long will it take you? I said I didn't know, but that I had to search the room. She said, I do hope you will get through soon. This is making me sick. I searched the room. Mr. Knowlton, did you say anything more to Mr. Borden? Assistant Marshal Fleet. Yes, I said, you say, Miss Borden, that you went out to the barn and that you were out there half an hour while your father and mother were killed. You still say that? She said, I do not. I say I was in the barn twenty minutes to half an hour said I. You told me this morning that you were out there half an hour. I don't say so now, she said. It was twenty minutes to half an hour. What makes you say twenty minutes to half an hour? I asked her. Which is it now, twenty minutes or half an hour? She said, it was twenty minutes to half an hour. Mr. Knowlton, did you search the premises then? Did you have any more talks with her then? Marshal Fleet, 
I searched the room and bureau and then went behind Lizzie's door to another door. It was locked. I asked her what that room was. She said, that is father's room. Is there another way to get into it? I asked. She said there was by going by way of the back stairs, that the door from her room was always locked. I started to go around as there was no other way. When I got into the entry, I asked her what was in the clothes press. She asked me if I must search that. I told her I must. She said she had the key and would open it. She produced the key and opened it. Mr. Knowlton. Describe the room. Marshal Fleet. It was about five by eight. There was a window in it, but it had not been opened in some time. We took nothing, and then we searched the rest of the house. I tried the door of Mrs. Borden's room from Lizzie's room. It was fastened by a bolt, I think, on the other side. Mr. Knowlton. Did you go in there? What else did you say to Miss Borden? Marshal Fleet. When I went into Miss Borden's room, Miss Lizzie said there was no use going there, that she always locked her door, and there was no possible way for anybody to get into it. I asked her when she saw her mother last. She said about nine o'clock, when she was going downstairs. Her mother was in the room where she was found murdered. Miss Lizzie also said that Mrs. Borden had received a note or letter from someone that morning. She thought it was from somebody of the house. Mr. Knowlton, was Lizzie in tears while in her room? Marshal Fleet, no. The cross-examination of the witness brought out nothing of importance. End of chapter 16